It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Where does this Auburn basketball team rank historically already? And A-Day costs money? All that and more on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us via the phone as he is making the journey back from Starkville, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. And Justin, you uh, among a lot of uh, a lot of media, then of, of course a ton of Auburn fans that made the, the trek over there, got to see the Tigers uh, kind of make some history Wednesday night. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, pretty big Auburn crowd. I want to say it was probably kind of close to 50-50 in terms of noise. Um, you know, the upper section, the upper levels of, of the hump was uh, pretty much all Auburn fans, or at least you know, 75, 80 percent Auburn fans. Yeah. And they made they made their presence felt. I know it came through on TV. It was a great atmosphere. State, you know, fans got going, especially in that second half. And yeah, Auburn getting a win. The clinch only their fourth regular season championship all time in, in the SEC. You know, they've played 89 years of basketball and only four have ever gotten to this point in the SEC for Auburn. So, I mean, you're already talking about a very rare, um, a very rare team in Auburn basketball history uh, to get to this point. And in a year where I think the league might not be as deep as it's ever been, but I think the top is as competitive probably as it's ever been. Right, yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, those top four teams right now between Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas, if you even want to put Alabama in there, if I saw mm-hmm. any of them in the Elite Eight, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think all four of those teams have, like, the game basically to make it to the Final Four. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a crap sure. shoot, and you got to get hot at the right time, but I think all four of those teams could beat anybody on any given day. And then, yeah, Alabama and LSU – uh, in that like second tier, we know Alabama's capable of beating anybody. They're also capable of pretty much losing to anybody. Sure. Uh, at LSU, I think the way they play defense uh, is just going to be a, a nightmare for whoever they they come across. So that's going to make the SEC tournament next week a whole lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, what, you know the SEC I think is going to be well represented in the NCAA tournament, and I think they've got a real shot at getting several teams real deep in it. And, and we'll jump into you know your thoughts and our thoughts on, on Auburn going into the SEC tournament in a second, but. You talked about it earlier this week with uh, your newsletter for the Auburn Observer. Go subscribe if you are not, folks. It's worth it. Um, but you you talked about Auburn having the chance to make history this week. And you listed a few of the stats you've already listed so far on today's show. But without them competing in the SEC tournament and without them competing in the NCAA tournament, where does this team, in your mind, rank historically? I mean, it's got to be up there just because, like you said, they've been playing <laughs> basketball for 80 years and they've they only have a handful of titles yeah I, I think you can make the comparison that uh, the only team that's definitively ahead of Auburn right now from where they are this season is the 98-99 team and that's because that 99 team went 16-2 and in SEC play or yeah yeah 16-2 and in SEC or 14-2 in SEC play I should say um, dominant they had a lot of big lopsided wins the league wasn't as good as it is right now uh, but the, the margin of victory was a lot h- higher for that team. Just right. a real dominant unit. You've got 
Uh, you know, you had two guys that were like all American uh, type of players that year, just a really strong line. And, and that, that group went down in history. They won the regular season title, got a number one seed. Um, and that's what this team's going up against. Now, everyone's going to point to the Final Four team. And, yes, the Final Four team got hot at the at the right time. And sure. uh, they will go down in history. And you can make that argument. I, I 100% you could buy in. We'll see what this looks like by the end. Um, but, you know, this regular season for Auburn, you know, are already at 26-4. and four. Um, You're talking about a rare team for Auburn. I think only one other team ever really measures up to that. And we'll see what they do in the postseason. But, you know, uh, this is easily a top three team all time for Auburn basketball. Yeah. I think if they if they finish the postseason well, it could be a top two. And of course, if they run the table, it could be it could be the best they've ever had. Reasonable expectations for Auburn folks going into the SEC tournament. What do you think those would be, Justin? Because you, you look at it, and you mentioned the Final Four team peaking at the right time. It does not yeah. appear that this team is peaking currently at the right time. No, it, they're not. And and you know this is a a team that I think even when they won all these games in a row, they weren't necessarily in a spot where you felt like, okay, they're playing complete basketball and they're being utterly dominant. Like, I, you know, I don't think they've hit top gear yet. Now, the question is, will they do that? Will they be able to put together a complete game? That remains to be seen. I mean, this is a team that, hey, you got to keep in mind, team was picked to finish fifth in the SEC. Team, pretty much a brand new starting lineup, brand new roster uh, for the most part. Um, so they don't have that kind of, you know, they don't have that same kind of veteran, you know, I won't even say leadership, but just kind of that, 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 you know, ability to kind of turn it up or, you know, play their best ball at the end of the year. There's just this, this group still compared to a lot of teams just haven't, hasn't played so much together, but they're so talented and they're so deep that they've been able to overcome that. Um, so you look at the SEC tournament, uh, you know, you lock down a, a number one uh, seed or you lock down a high seed of, uh, know you're pretty much guaranteed that at this point but sure. that first matchup it'll be interesting to see I think Auburn you know the, the teams they would face in the quarterfinals like LSU's lurking there that would be an interesting matchup because it's been so long since you played them and they've got such a great defense and Auburn yeah. has had some issues against really good defensive teams uh, but I, I think the rest of that crew are, are teams that Auburn's fully capable of beating on a neutral floor and then it just gets to the semis and in the semis it's, you know you're gonna get to a point where if, it, if everything kind of r- runs chalk you have to play either Kentucky or Arkansas or Tennessee again on a neutral floor. You feel like you'll have a good chance, you know, a better chance to beat an Arkansas or to beat a Tennessee, even though those teams are hot. Kentucky, of course, not going to be the same game that you had earlier in the year with them. So, um, you know, you win that, you win, you make it to the SEC tournament championship game. If you're Auburn, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal run and like could probably pretty much lock up a one seed, I would think. Um, But if, even if you lost in the semis, you know, it's not like all hope is lost because if you lose in the semis, that's a quality team. Like we just said earlier, that's a quality team that you would have lost to that you might not come across until the Sweet 16 at the earliest or the Elite Eight even. Like, yeah. that's, you know, that's just how good the top top uh, part of that league is. So, yeah, I think expectations for Auburn, you don't want to go you don't want to go one and out. Um, but, you know, going one and one in Tampa wouldn't be the end of the world. But I think this team's fully capable of making it the title game. And, you know, win it at all if they could because we we know that they they can hang with any team in the SEC. They're the champions for a reason. Do you think Auburn is going to be in a situation to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament, or do you think they're pretty much in that situation where they're the top two seed? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm Kansas. So one of the biggest favors anybody gave Auburn this year is TCU beating Kansas by <laughs> right. ten earlier this week. 
they got to play again on Thursday. I think they're they're about like what when we're recording this. I don't think they've played yet. Then they got to play Texas again on Saturday. They have some COVID makeup games uh, in the Big 12 that they had to get done with. Kansas is your big competition right now for that for that last number one seed. I, I think Gonzaga and Baylor and Arizona are pretty much locked. It would take like kind of some like really bad losses here down the stretch for them to 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 shake off of that. So at fourth number one seed, you know. I think the top team in the SEC, whether it's Auburn or, or Kentucky, you know, one of those two teams has a really good uh, bid to do it. I think Auburn and Kansas head-to-head, um, you know, Auburn has got a, a, a comparable resume and Kansas has more losses. And um, so I think that's a good competition. We'll see if Duke, like if Duke gets hot in Greensboro or wherever they're playing the ACC tournament this year and runs the table, maybe they get in. Right. And that's why I think Purdue's probably a little too far off. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the the way they positioned it right now, as long as Auburn doesn't, like, have a rough finish, I think you're looking at them as possibly the fourth number one seed or the fifth the fifth seed, the, the number the, the top number two seed uh, in the tournament, um, which, I mean, obvi- obviously there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, difference there. It just would be, you know, you would end up being in the same region. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think this is a – I think it's a really – I think they put themselves in a really good spot, and I think that I think that TCU win over Kansas, and of course, if TCU or or Texas can help them out again later this week, um, you know that could that could really hurt, uh, help Auburn's chances of trying to get that number one seed. So they still got a lot to play for. I think two wins here down the stretch would could seal it, uh, unless Kansas just rips open the the Big Twelve title. But they've got to go through Baylor to do that as well. Sure, absolutely, Justin Ferguson, our guest today, is Auburn football handling a day correctly? We'll t- more on that in, uh, in just a moment. But today's show is brought to you by Run Your Pool. RunYourPool.com is the place to go to set up your bracket pool, whether it's for your family, your friend group, your, uh, your work situation, whatever it may be. They give you so many more customizable options from scoring to which games you're picking for any pool. Obviously, with the bracket, you kind of know what you're picking, but they even offer... Uh, a bracket if you want to do it again uh, when the Sweet 16 rolls around. They have a ton of different features, and it's worth checking out at runyourpool.com. And clearly, we trust runyourpool.com because that's where we are running all of our pools for our bracket challenge here throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. And we encourage you to go over to runyourpool.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you can sign up and join our pool uh, you get to compete against me and, and then all of the other Locked On hosts. It's going to be a really cool thing. And the winner can win some real serious cash prizes. So go and be sure to check that out at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And then make your own pool for your own friend group and whatever uh, you may have. And just use that promo code Pure Madness P-U-R-E-M-A-D-N-E-S-S at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. RunYourPool.com slash LockedOn. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. You've heard me talk about Built Bar for years. It's very high in protein, very low in calories. It's good for you. And I know a lot of folks still in this first quarter of the year uh, are trying to kind of drop some pounds, and Built Bar makes it really easy. It's all covered in 100% in chocolate. It really caves those cravings built.com use promo code lock 15 for 15% off your order use promo code lock 15 for 15% off that is at built.com Jay Ferg before we jump into a day stuff uh, how can folks subscribe and and check out all the cool stuff that you have going on at the observer 
yeah, AuburnObserver.com, uh, $6 a month or $60 a year gets you access to everything we've got going on. A lot of basketball here as we get into uh, into the, uh, the postseason. Um, so breakdowns of every game. Uh, we've got film rooms. We've got analysis pieces, previews. Uh, mail back up today when you're listening to this. It's got a lot of basketball in there, and we'll have coverage over the weekend and uh, into the uh, tournament next week. And uh, we've got a uh, podcast that goes along with it as well. You can listen to the free one on the weekends, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. But if you are a subscriber, uh, you uh, get a- at least one bonus podcast a week uh, at uh, AuburnObserver.com. So check out, sign it up there, and uh, you know everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox. The the podcast title after Auburn lost to Tennessee, the Rocky Top Ten, when everyone lost, mm-hmm. was such a good title. Well done on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of the few titles that I've actually came up with. Painter usually gets a lot of it, but we were kind of at a loss for this one. And uh, while it was while we were in the editing process, it was like watching everybody, you know, fall apart. It's like, okay, here's here, yeah. here's an easy one right here. Yeah, Rocky Lob Top Ten. Yeah, that's that was clever. I enjoyed that. All right, so Auburn put out a press release earlier this week, and I don't think this is surprising. This is something they do every year, and it kind of baffles me every single yeah. time that they do it, Justin. But you can go to A-Day for very uh, very cheap, but $10 a ticket, and I just think it's ridiculous that they charge people to go to this game. Yeah, so this is something that I know I've thought about in the past before. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's like if you can get like if you can get money for it, they're gonna like they're gonna do it. College athletics oh, yeah. is going to try to get it, get it if they can, um, you know. And there have been years where they've sold tickets, the demand was super high, um, and they've been able to make good money off of it. But I've always been a believer in eight a stuff like that. To open the gates up, let folks, you know, come in for free and and enjoy it. Or if you are gonna sell tickets, you know, give it to charity or something. You know, raise money for a, for a certain fund. Um, you know, I, I think just a, a way to get more folks in the door and get more people excited, um, you know, just for, for, for no money basically is, is, is I would say the way to go, but you know, uh, Auburn athletics, like any other athletic department, they're going to try to find as much, many ways to make money as possible. And, um, as long as other schools continue to, uh, you know, charge prices for a day, I think Auburn or their spring games, I think Auburn will keep doing that forever and ever. I just think it would have been such a nice opportunity for kind of Brian Harson to make this call and say, hey, we're trying to unite the the football fan base and and really get things going in 2022, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And like the product that you get when you go in there, and this isn't any different from, you know, 95% of spring games. It's like the product that you get is like, it's so watered down. It's so yeah. like not interesting. Um and, you know, maybe you get a few position battles, but, like, even at the quarterback position, like, you're not really going to get any kind of information from it if you're a, if you're a fan. Um, and maybe the only time we get to see D. Davis play, like, maybe that's something that, that makes it worth the price of admission. But, I don't know, I, I just thought it was a, a prime missed opportunity. Yeah, we'll see if they do any of those open practices. You know, those, the, the free ones that they had uh, in the they, spring and the fall last year. Yeah, they did one yeah, in spring and one in the fall, right? They did one of each. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe they do more of those this year to kind of offset that and get some of that that you, you're talking about. But, yeah, I think yeah. since it's a televised thing and it's, uh, you know, they want to be able to say how many tickets they sold, uh, it's, it's such a point of pride for, like, like a lot of places that they're going to continue to play the game. But I've always been a – I think spring games should, should change it up. 
somehow. Uh, I've always been a I've always been a believer in like finding a way to make it more interesting, whether it's you know doing stuff with you know other teams, like probably like 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 you know SCS teams or something like that, kind of bolstering stuff for them, or just finding a way to make it look a little bit more like real football, or just do something completely off the wall that that generates interest. Uh, I think it would be cool. Like I've always thought, I've always thought like Auburn, it would be cool to see Auburn have like a joint spring game of kind where you do one half for one team, one half for the other. And if it's like, you just invited Tuskegee from down the road to do it and like, just, you know, ha- ha- share, just get more people interested, do right. shake it up. Uh, keeping the status quo, I know why they do it, but like, it's just, you know, it doesn't get people too, too excited for, for what's going on. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to jump more into spring practice, Jay Ferg, in just a second. And I'm going to ask you, um, who do you think is the most interesting player to watch or follow this spring? We shared ours uh, yesterday. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place on the interwebs to take part in all of your gambling needs with March Madness right around the corner. Obviously, this is the best time of year, in my opinion, to get in on the action. And Bet Online is the best place to do it. But if basketball, for some reason, is not your thing and you're listening to this show, um, they obviously have um, other things going on ranging from UFC. They even have like reality show lines and stuff. So be sure to check all that out at betonline.net where the game starts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Justin. Yeah, yesterday I kind of posed this question as like a fill in the blank type thing. Like the player, Mm -hmm. the Auburn football player that I am most interested to watch and follow this spring is blank. Yesterday, I said Landon King, and then yeah, uh, Mike G with the War Report said D. Davis, which I think most uh, most Auburn f- uh, fans will will say D. Davis to that. But yeah, w- what are your thoughts? I'm just kind of throwing you um, throwing you this without much prep. But uh, w- what are you thinking? Yeah, so I, I think to answer this question, I think. Anybody who wants to pick a quarterback makes sense here. Sure. But I also think you're not going to get a ton of info from, from your quarterback. It's going to be a competition that's going to go into the fall. Um, so, you know, and also I think quarterbacks are kind of going to split a lot of that. I like the Landon King pick um, as well. I'm going to go with a different guy outside. I'm really interested in Tavares Dawson. Uh, this Good is one. a dude that we, that we heard a lot about in fall camp, and then it turned into – just a couple of snaps and, and one, you know, route run in the uh, in the Birmingham Bowl. Um, Auburn has to get guys to step up at wide receiver. There's not a ton of experience coming back. Um, there's talent. It's just very inexperienced. Ike Hilliard's got, uh, got a lot of work to do uh, coming in with this wide receiver room. This is a wide receiver room that's very thin in spring practices. They're yeah. going to need reinforcements. Uh, if they can get them in the transfer portal, they're going to have more guys coming in, you know, in the summer who are in this freshman class. So I'm looking at wide receivers like who steps up. And there are a number of guys that make sense. Um, I think any of the returning guys would be – but it's just – Dawson seems to be a guy that you hear a lot about, about, you know, impressing uh, in practices and in workouts and stuff like that. But we just didn't see him last year. We didn't see him last year. And so I'm very curious to see 
what he does in, in spring ball, um, if he's a guy that can turn into uh, somebody that people can get excited about. Uh, I think Auburn needs, like I said, four reinforcements in the portal. Right. They need a lot of development. They need more than one guy. Uh, but Dawson's, Dawson's my guy that I'm just kind of circling right now on the offensive side and saying, okay, if he can pop like people think he can pop, um, you might feel better about this passing game uh, much as many pieces you have to from it in 2022. Assuming all these reports about Javarius Johnson coming back are true, can he and Dawson be on the field at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I think that's possible. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> right. I think I think Johnson's one of those guys who you could put him at. You know, his slot makes a ton of sense for him. I think Dawson's got straight line speed and it's a little bit a little bit more of the size that if you want to kind of put him on the outside as like a as like a, a flanker, uh, he can kind of do that. Um, I think he's a versatile player. I think he's just a really good football player. Um, and you, you just find ways to get dudes like that on the field. Um, you know, can, can he take like a Kobe Hudson type of role? Potentially. Um, you know, I think, I think it would make a lot of sense. But, yeah, a little, little bit on the smaller end. So, you know, that, that is definitely something that you would have to look at for. But looking in the past, like when uh, Harson was at Boise State uh, and some of, the, some of the other stops in the past, they've used kind of uh, smaller guys on the outside before. They're not just slot machines uh, down the middle of the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I think that would be good, and, and like that would be obviously be huge for Robert, uh, You know, if if uh, if they keep both of those guys uh, kind of clicking at the same time. Yeah, right. I mean, the the slot position isn't the issue, right? I mean, yeah, those two guys, and then you know, Landon King, possibly he can do something there, and we saw him in that role a little bit last year. Very small sample size, but even like John Samuel Shanker, he slotted out a few times. And so, you know, you're good there. Your outside receivers, I assume Shed Jackson will be one, but, like, I have no idea who yeah. the other guy's going to be. Right, yeah. I mean, you've, you've, got to, you've got all these dudes that are coming back that didn't have a whole lot of playing time last year. Can somebody step up? Can somebody emerge uh, and try to take, to, take more of those, uh, try to take more of those snaps in 2022? I think it's kind of the big, big question. Um, that's also why, you know, you saw Auburn go after those wide receivers in the transfer portal during the first wave. Uh, they need right. more guys, and I think bigger dudes and uh, kind of more possession types uh, would make a lot of sense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if any of those can kind of emerge uh, as intriguing options here uh, heading into uh, heading into the summer. Right, absolutely. Um, all right, so what did you think of Starkville? Uh, I hate that place. Do, do you yeah. enjoy Starkville more than I do? It's, I mean, it'd be hard. It'd be hard for you to dislike it more than I do. So. So I've always had a soft spot for Starkville because I think the food in Starkville, the restaurants, are pretty strong. What'd you um, eat? That's kind of my. So that's the problem. I didn't the way we the way we came in and the timing that we got in there, um, and you know, being a late game and uh, we were staying outside of town, um, didn't get to didn't get to hit hit the spots this time around, which was kind of a bummer. But if you're ever in Starkville, um, you know Auburn plays there, uh, you know, in, in 2022. Um, I, I think restaurant Tyler in downtown Starkville, I think it might be my favorite restaurant in the SEC. Um, it is, it is really, really good. Um, got a, got a really cool kind of eclectic menu. Um, but like top tier stuff there. There's just a really good spot to eat at. What do you get at Uh, restaurant Tyler? They do, they do steak. They do like a really good, like a, like a, like a tomahawk pork chop. That's one of my favorites. Um, you know, they do. Yeah. It's just kind of just really good stuff all the way around. I've had had some like Cajun pasta there before that was that was really excellent. Um, yeah, it's it's 
didn't get to experience that, that, but like, you know, I'm one of those people that when I, when I go on these road trips, you know, I'm there to work and eat in that order. And like, I don't really do anything else. So sure. Starkville always will, Starkville will always have a little bit higher place in my head than maybe the average fan. Cause like when you go on a trip, when you go on a road trip to these games, um, if you're a fan, you're wanting to, you're, you're trying to find fun stuff to do. Cause it's, you know, and, and, you know, on Friday nights or maybe the next day and like Starkville is not going to give you a ton for that. Um, but, uh, I, I do think the restaurants are, are pretty strong. I just was upset. I didn't get to hit any of them uh, this time around, but that's just, that's the, the beast of, of covering an eight o'clock, uh, midweek game. Yeah. That goes to overtime. <laughs> yeah. That goes to overtime. I mean, I got done, I got done. We did a podcast. Uh, I started recording a podcast of painter after midnight on Wednesday. And then I got done writing and, and editing everything. Uh, I think, I think I finally Closed my laptop at three fifteen on Thursday morning, so um, yeah, That's not crazy. a whole lot of time to, to hang out on this trip, but it was fun anyway. It was a it was a really it was a really enter- entertaining game and a fun atmosphere to be a part of. If you're an Auburn fan living in the Eastern Time Zone watching these games, like oh god, I hate it for you. Like that stinks. That uh, total that is yeah. a total bummer. We've got to fix that somehow. Yeah, I I I've never been a fan of East, the Eastern time zone anyway. Uh, I feel for anybody who has to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. College basketball, especially SEC basketball, just does not make it easy. On you. Maybe, maybe Auburn gets more respect next season with the scheduling and, and people start looking at it and say, Hey, maybe we can play them more on those, those little earlier, earlier tips. Maybe, maybe more seven o'clock tips than these eight o'clock ones. I mean, there's been several times where like, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not starting my podcast, you know, until about not quite as late as you, but I'll, you know, 11, 11 30 ish. Yeah. No, and, yeah. And you know, uh, this time a year ago, I was doing a morning radio show where I was getting up at like four in the morning and like, Right. My, my wife was asking me a few games ago. Uh, she's like, what would you have done if you were still doing that? I'm like, honey, I don't know. I have no idea. That would have been miserable. No clue. And it's like, and it's like Painter has a day job and I, I'm keeping yeah. him up all hours of the night. So, I mean, I don't, the man does not get enough uh, uh, credit for what he does uh, on, on our podcast and, and yeah. with our newsletter. So, yeah, he's the, he's the MVP. Absolutely. No, you guys do a, do a great job. Tell folks one more time where they can check out everything you guys do and how they can sign up. AuburnReserve.com, $6 a month, $60 a year. Sign up. We're going to have a lot of stuff during the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. And, uh, yeah, then uh, the spring football, uh, when all is said and done with basketball, you'll get all that at the Observer. Sign up there. Yep, it's worth it, folks. All right, we will be back on Monday to recap everything that happens with Auburn sports this weekend. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.